Hey everyone, welcome to the Breakthrough Breakdown. In this podcast, we'll be breaking down the sermon from the previous week, diving into theological discussions, and even having some fun. Make sure to join us every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple Music, and download our Zion Lutheran Church app for more updates. And with that, we hope you enjoy the Breakthrough Breakdown. All right, well, hey, welcome to the Breakthrough Breakdown. This is Jason. This is Kate. I'm Sean. Jennifer. Hey, so I I was in the Dominican Republic last week. Um, well, so here's the deal. So it was my wife and I's 20th anniversary. Yeah. Jennifer preached. <laughs> that was great. 20... You're like a soundboard button. <laughs> yeah, we just, we just, actually, what people don't realize is we all have a little poker, and whenever we want Sean to make a sound, we just poke him. Yeah. And where we poke him, we get different sounds. It's, 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 Play it's, Xbox with me. It's a, find it's out. a <laughs> So... Uh, so we were there for our 20 years. I can't believe we've been married 20 years. Congratulations, yeah. that's exciting. Uh, I will say this, and not that my wife is listening to this. I don't think she's ever listened to one episode, but it's <laughs> fine. Um, but I love my wife more today than I did 20 years ago, and my wife is more beautiful, not just physically, but just as a person than she was 20 years ago. Hmm. Uh, so we were there with six other families. There were 14 of us. And I've already told everybody here, but... Uh, the trip itself was great. Where we stayed was no bueno. <laughs> we had so many issues. But uh, that all being said, Jennifer, thank you for preaching yeah. uh, for me. And I, I listened to it. And I poked I've... him in the leg for that one. <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> I just got to tell you, you, as always, you did an amazing job. But um, what I loved is that we're starting to see, we talked about this in Sermon Read-Through. Uh, we're seeing how the Spirit is kind of moving yeah. within yeah. our church. That there were things that even in Sermon Read-Through, as I was sharing what I felt like God had laid on my heart as I was getting from the text. Mm. Things that we've been talking about independently uh, about things that are going on. and It's all this Holy Spirit interconnected web of the relevancy of the sermons and in small groups yeah. and the kids' people's messages, lives. P- people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. And I, think, and I think that's one of the ways you know when the Spirit is moving in an area is that it's not just moving in one person. It's moving mm. in the community. The community. And uh, one of the things that, and I don't know if, I, again, I'm putting you on the spot here, um, but I, as I look at our small groups developing, it seems like we're starting to see some of these Holy Spirit moments happening uh, in small groups. Uh, have, have you, I mean, you're in charge of that. Have there been things that you've been seeing coming from that? Yeah, I think we're definitely seeing, I think we're definitely seeing people see their need for that, which maybe even a year ago, they didn't understand yeah. that. And I think people are starting to see the, people, the groups that have been meeting, I think they're starting to see fruit of, of transformation of like yeah. what actually living in community looks like. Well, yeah, because you just joined a guy's small group, right, Sean? Yeah, on Tuesday, Tuesday nights at uh, 6.30. And That's it, not an open invitation. Otherwise, you're going to have like 70 guys there. <laughs> yeah. right? We're like, in, yeah, we're like we had like, at Jeremy's, Jeremy's the other night, we had like 10 guys. And it was like amazing. And like in his little home gym. And like we, bacon. yeah, bacon and pancakes. And so I went to work out, and just like I still smell bacon in here. <laughs> it's great. That's awesome. Yeah, but like it starts at six thirty, and it might not end to like ten p.m. It's, That's. I mean, there's something to be said because like I, and this is this is the irony for me. I've never been a big fan of small groups, and yet I know the need for them. Yeah. And part of it for me was that, and, and I actually talked about this in the message. When I was in high school, I went to church like five nights a week. Like I had Sunday morning, then we had Sunday night church. And then after Sunday night church, we had our Sunday youth group, which was called After Hours. And then we had Wednesday night youth group. And then we had worship rehearsal because I was on the worship team. And then we had 
a group of four or five of us would meet on Friday nights who would pray with the youth pastor for three to four hours. You went to nope. a black church. Uh, basically, yeah. I mean, it was... It was <laughs> That's and, a long time. And what I, but what I found was the real transformation for me didn't actually happen in those. It happened in just the natural, organic things. Mm. Yeah. And kind of my personality is to push against things if I don't see them as valuable. <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, we're moving intentionally towards small groups and I think they're flowing into more organicness. So we have to set up the structures, which actually gets us into what we talked about this week is this idea yeah. of habits. Yeah. Um, so I was going there for a reason. It wasn't just, a, I promise, this is the, spider, the spider web of Jason's brain. Um, when, when Paul actually talks about that you, you, you sow what you, you reap what you sow, that sowing is really about the habits, the daily habits that we do, the rhythms, the things that we put in place. We can either do things that sow to please the flesh, that are habits that please the flesh, or habits that please the spirit. And small group, I think, is one of those habits yeah. that I think is so necessary. And we've tried for years. Derek actually talked about this um, a long time in another group we had. We've always talked about doing small groups. And I guess back in the 90s, they launched small groups here. And the problem was, is they got so used to being friends, they didn't want to create new ones. Click. Yeah. And so they were like, oh, you need to start with, no, but we like our friends. And I think we're now starting to see the organic side where people are like, I need this. I have friends who need this. Yeah. Um, when you think about your community, let's, let's talk about this for a habit from a community, not necessarily a small group, but Jennifer, you last week touched on this idea of you have to have people that allow to speak into your life, right? There, I think there is a habit that's formed there. Yeah. Of um, it's hard to open yourself up to, to not just one person, I think even a community mm-hmm. that you trust who, and you don't have to say names or what they've done, but I know you mentioned that you have somebody that you invited to share a little bit about the blessing of creating that habit of somebody speaking into your life and that you can be real with. And, and anybody else who has that, I want to hear from you guys as well. Yeah. Um, well, I have two women who I, who I went to and said, I, I would like you to mentor me. And really the idea is, um, actually you were talking about unstuck and stuck in your message. And so, you know, and I think about like coaching, coaching is supposed to move you forward. So it's not counseling where you're necessarily dealing with the stuff from the past, although that will probably eventually come up, but it's like, here I am now, how do I move forward in that? Mm. And so for me, that's what I've kind of have asked of these women and, um, and, and we don't mean like all the time like we probably should meet more regularly um but i want them to do that i need someone looking out for my my blind my blind spots and i need someone watching me and does my word align with my actions and and um and also they're older so it's one of those things Mm. where they can also speak into like this isn't going to be this way forever they have they have the upper they have like the perspective of perspective (laughs) you know and so that's been really great but then of course I feel like I have uh some friends who I can really share things that are on my heart and uh that I'm that I'm struggling with or that's happening and what's nice about those are there it's those I feel like are more the people who are supposed to surround me and help me carry the backpack yeah where it's like um and still in a confessional and restorative way, but also like we're moving forward with you yeah. kind of thing. Like we're in this together and, and they're more of a peer level, like their day-to-day relationships yeah. or people yeah. that you would. Yeah. I, I think it, it's, 
such a common theme for me to be like, I am blessed and cursed equally to have BC before Christ days. Um, I remember having like a core group of friends before Christ and, you know, we would get together. It was like Mama Margarita Mondays and we would go, <laughs> I'm dead serious. We would go, yeah, through 3Ms and we would go to Cancun on Monday nights where they had margarita specials and we'd get around and we would just complain about life, jobs, kids, husbands, boyfriends, whatever, lack thereof. And it was just a very different environment. It was good. It was still good, but it wasn't, it wasn't like generally motivating or positive or definitely not Christ-filled, you know, and after Christ having there, there's something so organic that was about my friend group before, you know, it was definitely circumstantial or like, you know, it's the people that you go to work with or you hang out with or around, you know, but now it's kind of circumstantial. It's like, oh, it's the people I go to church with, you know, and it's so intentional. I have a very good core group of women that we did a larger journey group with, you know. Journey was our discipleship process for those who were listening. It was kind, it was more than a small group, but it had a very, and I was leading it. I was the teacher of it. And um, Joni and Kayla and uh, Danny are my new, like, core group. You know, we we go to each other for everything and they hold me accountable. You know, we went from this position of where I was teaching them these shapes and like lessons and things all to do with this discipleship process called journey. And at our deepest, best journey moments were when we were like, okay, Hey, I don't want to hear about this leadership square anymore. What's your highs and lows. And that's when, when we got real, when we started to actually just do life with each other, but it was still so intentionally Christ filled. Mm -hmm. Which is, I, I think, you know, in, in Hebrews, when the author of Hebrews says, do not give up the habit of meeting together. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say don't give up meeting together because we always meet. But creating the habit of having people creating space and rhythm. Because even even for like Sean, your guys group, if you don't have a habit, it's hard to actually get into those deeper waters. Yeah. yeah. Um, and as yours, you know, I think we have those different levels. But I think it's so important that if... I think some sometimes we assume that all groups are cre- created equal, yeah, and that all people offer the same things. Yeah. yeah, and I have friends who are you know their marriage is struggling and they're talking to their non-Christian friends yeah. about their marriage and what are they telling them? You should divorce them or you should yeah. leave her or you should have an affair. There's a show on TV right now called Pivoting. Have you seen this? Mm. No. So I, I've, it's it's a funny show, but the whole principle is about three women. Their best friend dies, and they're pivoting in life. One actively wants to have an affair and her husband is pursuing it. And this is, again, this is how the world perceives one. Another one was a doctor and left it after she got a divorce. And the third one is this mom who's a pseudo mom. And I'm watching, and again, here's one of the things, and and I I think this is important for people to realize. Part of our jobs as people working in a church, particularly for pastors and preachers, we have to know what's going on within culture while not being succumbed to culture. Yeah. and. You see this, it's, this is a popular show right now because, again, what the world says, when things get difficult, bail. And that's why we need those yeah. godly people in our lives who, when things are tough, help us to carry forward. But we have to create that habit of yeah. doing it. And say the tough things. Yeah. Uh, Kate and I have talked about this, but I have a really good, good group of friends from high school. And they're, I, I would, I, we could go to each other for anything. Yeah. But I don't. Yeah. Because the the things that they're going to offer me are not of the Lord. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want that. 
Yeah. And so while I can, while I trust them to have my back and I trust them to help carry me forward, the reality is it's not the direction that I probably want to go. Yeah. How about you, Sean? Like, do you have, I mean, obviously I know you're meeting with this group, this group of guys. Uh, how, how is the habit of that? I mean, how is that encouraging, stoking uh, passion for Jesus? All those things. Um, from, from a, from a male perspective, that's, that went, that came into a new situation. Um, I think what I really noticed is that, like, um, I really like to just listen to other people's perspectives and stuff and how they see outside. Cause like people always ask me questions about my job. They're like, what do you actually do? And, By the way, welcome to church life. Yeah. It's just like, well, anytime you work in a church, they're like, do you just read your Bible all day? Yeah, it's, golf? It's like, well, like, what do you, like, what do you, like, what do you actually do? And we're just like, um, or just even from a perspective of like, like a Jeremy, like he's my personal trainer. And so like, of just like how we can feed off each other because he is an expertise in fitness and he considers me an expertise in music, even though I'm not. It's but like, I can, but like, we can like really pour into each other in different ways. And like, one of the things he, when he was coming to me and I was like, hey, I want to work out. And he, I was like, I'm serious. I was like, I don't want to make excuses anymore. And he's like, teach me all these things. And then when I got him to play on stage and he's like, and he's like asking me questions. He's like, "Oh, I'm seeing really like similarities, yeah." And what? And just so, and just that, that encouragement. I'm just seeing also. This might sound bad, but like knowing that you're not the only person all the time that's going through something. Yeah. Yep. Or yeah. just in, and I'll see. I think it. that's human. That's not sounding yeah. bad. That's part of reason well, we just, need it. Was just also just it's just like people always think because you're on stage every week or something that you have it all together or that you're not so that's why i think it's cool to have that me john hopper and derek are in this group and they see people who are on stage all the time they're like yeah no this week was crap like i was at work and i hated my week at work or something and you're just like oh you work for a church like how does that you know it's so yeah. like it's cool to see how they it, it encourages it humanizes us. yeah there's a shared experience i was when you were saying that what came to mind was the thieves on the cross missed an opportunity to connect with jesus on a mm. shared experience <laughs> Yeah. Like, and that sounds silly, but I mean, that's where my head went, is you had the one who was like this, Jesus, he did nothing to deserve this, the other one who condemned and, you know, yeah. was upset. But it's our shared, it's our shared struggles that actually bring us together. Well, that's what's ironic, because, like, me thinking about my old friend group back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, and, like, going, going bar hopping and stuff like that, it's seeing just the core difference. Because yeah. it, 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 it is, in like, in a lot of ways, it is dramatic changes, and yeah. in a lot of ways, it's not because right. like it's both just both one take off. Yeah, it's just like for me, I was like, I like when I, like if I think about my cousin Fernando, and he would literally call me like, let's go, let's go to a quinceanera. We don't know the girl, we don't know the family. We're just gonna show up to this quinceanera <laughs> crasher. Yeah, like we just like, we'll go to these quinceaneras and stuff, and like and, and like it was and like we would and dance, but like there was like also this organicness of the friendship yes. that we had, and that. If if we were being stupid still, even though we weren't living for Jesus, if we were being stupid, he would like look at me. He was like, he was like, come on, fool! Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> but and, you know, but I think I think the point is is you have to have. I think don't get me wrong. I have non Christian friends in my life that I value some of their wisdom. But to your yeah. point, Jennifer, and to yours, Kate, mm-hmm. sometimes I know what they're going to offer me yeah. isn't very helpful. Yeah. Yes. In fact, sometimes I might just bleed downright destructive. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the challenges that we're seeing in right now, uh, they've done some recent studies that show that the primary reason people are leaving churches is lack of community. Mm. They like the message, they like the worship, but they're not making friends. 
mm. or not. And and that comes through habit. Yeah. That comes through intentionally setting up space. Um, so we, we talked a little bit about that, you know, that, that lie that was perpetuated. And I don't remember who the, it was some psychologist who wrote a paper back in the 60s um, talking about that usually it takes 21 to 28 uh, days to form a habit. And he wrote it and all of a sudden it became science. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, like, wow. I remember, I remember growing, yeah, it was like, it was scientific law, you know, yeah. it's like the law of gravity. That if you wanted to break a habit, you need 28 days to break a habit. And I can't tell you, I bite my nails. I've bit my nails since I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would go, if I just go 28 days, and I've gone, like, I, I the longest I went without biting my nails was a year. And then I was, no, I was watching a movie, and the movie was so intense, I bit one nail. And here's the thing, people who bite nails will get this. The minute you bite one nail, you got to finish the rest of it. You can't have it uneven. But it was like, all that work just went out. Gone, done, yeah, right? In a, in a moment. In a moment. I mean, isn't that so true? Relapse, you know? Well, that's why I think... And I don't think... The thing is, I don't think it negates the work that you did for no, a year. It, it doesn't negate the time that someone was sober before they yeah. relapsed. Like, that's... Because it was still hard. It just sucks because now you're, you're starting right. over. How quickly it's, are you next to that? That's though? right. It's not about your perfection. It's about your persistence. And even yeah. in, like, AA, when somebody relapses, they don't go, shame on you, you're starting at day one. It's... No, you're continuing on the journey. Still don't give up. Still don't give up. And I think, unfortunately, when we put this view of habits and this idea in the Bible of sowing, sowing our habits, it's the daily things you do. We talked about farmers, that when a farmer plants, it's tedious work. It's seed, 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 seed. That doesn't feel like a real word. You just said seed so much. <laughs> I'm like, what are you saying? Is that a real word? <laughs> Sorry. Actually, when I was think when we were comparing farm like farming to uh, to habits to sewing, that actually really helped me to kind of picture like what a habit should look like. Like the faithfulness of farmers to continue to to do the same thing yeah. out of season. Mm. so that they can produce a fruit eventually, believing that fruit is in fact yeah. going to come. Yeah. Regardless of the circumstances, actually is pretty powerful. Yeah. 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 Well, we talked about those because, again, the danger that in the 80, 90s and, and 2000s, I can't speak before the 80s because I wasn't a Christian until 1989, even then I was 14. Um, but I think the danger that happened was we started thinking that the goal of Christianity was just creating good habits. And that's that's a different form of works righteousness. Right. Um, read your Bible. If you read your Bible every day, you're going to love Jesus more. No, I just grew complacent with the Bible because I wasn't reading it with the intention of knowing Jesus. Yeah. I was just creating a habit. Was it bad? No. no. Can God work in it? Absolutely. Probably did. Well, yeah, but it's that's not the goal. Yeah. And, and here we've been talking about the spirit-filled life. And I think so often what we confuse is that the sp a spirit-filled life is not the same as spiritual gifts. Mm. The fruits of the spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. But the gifts of the Spirit are a different thing. And those are things that you need to sow into to produce. And they're not just, that's not the only list. There's more to it. But this idea that, you know, we talked about the, the kind of the, not the laws, but the um, principles of habits. Because we I didn't want to get into, here's five easy things you can do to create better habits. Right. All the research shows that doesn't work. Mm. That there are no five easy habits. You just, it's creating the habit. It takes time. So we went through the principles of habits that we learned in this text. First one is whatever you sow into, you grow into. Yeah. And if I'm sowing in things that please the Spirit, eventually I'm going to grow into a person who pleases the Spirit. But I have that battle within me. And this is the second problem is that both flesh and Spirit 
both produce fruit. Yeah. And some fruit is poisonous. Like I, at one point I was, when I was doing research, I was looking up different poisonous fruits. And part of the allure of poisonous fruits is often they're sweet. Mm. Like they're not. Like they're, nightshade. Yeah. They're, they're, well, like I'm allergic to le- lectins. Who? I have no idea what that is. Lectins are nightshades. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Nightshades. Mm, lectins are onions, onions, peppers. Tomatoes, wow, I'm just co- oh, connecting wow. all of your <laughs> so allergy like, yeah. issues. So I'm like, wow. lectins are poisonous to all human beings, but most human beings actually have a tolerance to lectin. I don't. I'm a superhuman. So <laughs> when I get lectin, I get really sick. But a, a lot of poison po- can't kill me. <laughs> yeah. <onion>. But <laughs> but the problem is, is that if you look in Genesis three, for instance, Genesis yeah. three, it yes. said Eve looked at the fruit of the of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, and saw that it was good to eat. Mm. Which probably implied it. It probably tasted, probably smelled sweet. It had it had something it was that was pretty. It was actually visually aesthetic. It was attractive, and and a lot of those things are not all things that are poisonous. Say poison. Sometimes they lure you in, because that's that's how they propagate. And and so we talked about this understanding of like love. A non Christian can love, but it's not biblical love. Yeah. And so is it is it a bad love? No, I'm not saying it's bad, but it's not a God centered love. It's rooted in human centeredness. Yeah. And Jennifer, you had brought that up. Was you would ask what was the question you asked? I don't remember exactly. Um, uh, I don't know. All love it's, is God's love. Isn't all love from God? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we had talked about that. The problem with that is, is that no, God's love is from God. Human love is a poor reflection of oh, that love. Right. And uh, if you're not reflecting God's love at all, yeah, it's well, it's a we facsimile were, of it. We were talking about like biologically that feeling that you're having of love like a teenager that emotion that serotonin and dopamine is truly happening in your brain but is it spirit is it spirit filled where it's truly love that's a different thing biologically sure similar chemical composition between a christian married couple and a you know non-believer married couple it's probably very similar if you would like test their brains when they think of their spouse but that's not that's not where it is. The, the the spirit of it is very different. And and the Bible roots all love through the lens of covenant. Yeah. And so in Hebrew the word is chesed. And chesed, chesed, it's a ch. Chesed love is um it has so many words that they actually can't contain it because anything that reflects God gets encaptured within God's covenantal love. Yeah. Which is part of the, I, I was talking with somebody that said, well, why does, why does it matter so much that I have to have, I have to be married before I have sex? Because sex is an intimate vulnerability that ultimately, if the covenant is not there, there's no real commitment. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, and it's not all lust. That was part of the lies in the 80s and 90s and the true love Purity rates. culture. Well, yeah, I remember hearing if you have sex before marriage or if you struggle physically, it's all lust. Mm. And yet when you know people that are, who aren't married and they're doing genuinely it. genuinely love one another. Yeah. They're not yes. thinking about themselves. They're truly yeah. thinking about, that doesn't describe lust. Yeah. It's because the covenant's not there. Yes. That mm. protective and love is supposed to protect. That's kind of the heartbeat of it. Um, so let's talk about some of these, these habits that we looked at. Um, you know, Paul's talking about sowing habits that either lead to pleasing the flesh or pleasing the spirit. Um, it's so small decisions uh atomic habits by james clear oh, yeah. he talks about this and, and i love this because neuroscience 
And what we're learning from our biology is actually catching up with what the Bible's been saying for 2,000 years. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> That's crazy. Like, it used to be like I, intelligent I design. forgot my like stick. Can you poke him so we can get a, can we get a sound from Sean? <laughs> that was, I poked him in the belly button. That was... <laughs> I was going to go foot, but you go belly button. Well, because well, I'm too short. He's really far away. All I can think about, Sean, do not take this offensively at okay. all, but all I can think about is when you poke someone in the belly, the pill is very dope. <laughs> Isn't that also Winnie the Pooh? We have so digressed, what? right? Atomic habits. Okay, so in Atomic Habits, one of the things that he talks about, and this falls into this idea of sowing because... As farmers sow small seeds. Those small little habits we do actually produce long-term bigger things, but it's the small things. Um, I, so I'll talk about one of the things that I've been working on small habit and then I failed at it this morning. Oh, wow. um, I've been started trying to make my bed every morning. Uh, and the you reason, share, but then I gotta hear. We gotta hear from Sean. Okay, I try to I try to make my bed every morning because it's a small habit that leads to a better one. And sometimes we think spiritual habits have to be like. Super big things. Making yeah. your bed is a spiritual thing. It creates order. We have a God of order. Um, this morning, I went to go work out. And I didn't, there was no gym. There was no gym at the workout. Oh, so frustrated. Uh, I, I think he prefers to go by James. Ah. There was no what? Yeah, workout gym. Oh, my gosh. There was no workout gym at the resort we went to. Oh, oh, at the resort. I didn't get to finish okay. my thought because I got interrupted I by Kate. I thought you were sorry. Like, <laughs> dad joke. Well, you started with, I went to the gym today, and there was no gym. No, no, yeah, that's no. <laughs> and that's why I said, oh, I think he prefers to go by James. So, so when I was on vacation, my goal was I wanted to work out every, every day. Because you have time. Gym. You have yeah. the time. Yeah. It's easier, yeah. And I did it when we went two years ago. There was a gym. No gym. So I didn't work out. So this morning I went to go work out and I wasn't feeling well. And so I'm like, I need to create, I still need to do the habit. So I went in, I did five squats. I did a couple over the shoulder presses and I did a bicep curl. And I'm like, and I'm done because that's all my body could handle. But I was trying to create that habit. I'm going. It's those small ones. What are, okay. Here, what are small habits that you do that you do because you're, you're looking for the bigger payout? Mm. That's I know it's a thousand. Yeah, that's the, see, that's the connection I made. That I didn't notice. Like um, four years ago, I didn't play any instruments at all. So I literally, like, just a habit. I would, for the kazoo. And so, <laughs> well, like, I would. So I feel like so my first instrument I picked up was the bass, where I was kind of forced into it. We didn't choose to play bass, and so that's another story. And so, like, but I would literally for. When I first, for like two months, I learned one note and I just played one note at Isn't a time. Isn't that bass anyway? Yeah. <laughs> you guys, that was, that was, I'm on fire. That was a good musician joke. I didn't that one. Okay, okay so music, basses, bass players only play the root note typically. Yeah. No, they just play one note, but they don't, they're not. Usually one at a time. One at a time. Really talented bassists. Yeah. All our musicians are listening going, ha I get it. Jennifer's like, I don't get it. But no, like, I would, and I would do that, and then like, and then as I as I kept playing, and then like the minutes grew, and then I just started playing songs. Or if I did vocal warm ups, I would just do one vocal warm up for like five minutes a day, and it got me where I'm at now. Yeah. But like, and now I play now I play four instruments. It'd be like back then, I don't, five years, four or five years ago, I played zero. Yeah. And so it's just so it's just like that that habit of practice, yeah. and just even when I didn't want to, or if I got frustrated, I still played it. Yeah. 
So well, even like playing when I learned to play guitar when I was 14, I would sit there and I had to make the D the D chord, which was really, really hard to do at first. I'm like, yeah. hey, and it hurt my fingers. Yeah. And now I see the note and I don't even think about it. It becomes habit. That's the point of the habit. The more repetitive you do it, it's those small seeds. All right, so that's one for you. What are some, and it doesn't, I, have, to be, doesn't have to be super spiritual. Yeah. It's a simple thing like. I don't know if it's like, I was just talking to Jennifer about this, but I, I really truly do believe that I have undiagnosed adult ADD. <laughs> I really <laughs> do. Like, I know, for real. <laughs> no, but like seriously. And so when I get, I get um, hyper fixated on like hobbies or like new skills and I go oh, hard. Food. Bagels or bagels or food. Honestly, I do get hyper fixated. So it was like for for like three months, I was really into weaving bracelets. <laughs> and then now I have nothing but beads in this weird box in my basement. You know, like you know, like I go hard on these this skills. So much. Stop, I know. So much. Why are you good at children's ministry? Seriously, I am a child. I cannot be trusted as a real adult. And that's why you had to marry John. Honestly, and so that's the habit of like. I can't give up on John after three months. Like, I hyper fixated yeah. on him as a new boyfriend. Like, oh, you're exciting. But you can't just, like, stop. And so, like, now as a ma- newly married couple, you know, and I've had, before Jesus, I had several failed relationships that yeah. were long-term. And it's like, I don't want to do that again. How do I do better? I have to be very intentional. Little things every day. Like, I'm, I'm prone to being a wa- workaholic. I have to physically stop myself and go home at 5, 5.30. I could work all night. John's home with Gabe. I don't I don't have to be there. They're both safe. They're fine. I can keep going. No, I need to go home and be intentional and smile and be kind and leave work at home and listen. Mm-hmm. And, and that's sowing into the spirit. Yeah. And very I think, different. I think that's part of what we confuse yeah. because that's why I love the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit isn't speaking tongues. Uh, words of knowledge, go heal people. The fruit of the Spirit are practical, tangible things. And when we sow into those, when we do those habits, like leaving early, uh, American culture is so obsessed with productivity yes. and workaholism is kind of our mantra. Yeah. What's the average thing? If I ask you how you're doing, most people say, I'm, I'm so busy. I'm busy. And as if nobody else is busy. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the, and that's the comical part. I'll meet people on vacation. What are you doing? Oh, I'm busy. Doing what? You're on, <laughs> retired people are busier now than when they, before they worked. Yeah. How about you, Jennifer? What's, what's a small habit that you do? It doesn't have to be anything mind-blowing. Well, I can really relate to the bed making comment, but that's because I asked my husband to make the bed. Things associated with that, like one time I sent him a dollar and Apple Pay. We have the same checking account, so it literally was Peter PayPal. Can I just say that's amazing? Yeah, another day I wanted to request money for not making the bed, but I didn't. I was oh, I, I didn't. Okay, <laughs> but I there are two habits that I was thinking about with my girls because I feel like even though I really in this. Even though I really do want to, like, invest Bible truths in them and, like, um, to, like really teach them how to pray, the reality is I, I'm not great at it. The yeah. reality is I run out of time. The reality is I pray all day long for other people that by the time I get home, I'm kind of over it kind of thing. And so, but there are two things that I try to do with my girls. One, I take them to school. And while we're driving in the car, we turn on the um, version verse of the day oh. video. Oh, that gives them cool. two or three minutes of God's word. For that day. With you. With me. We, and sometimes what? we talk about it, sometimes we don't. And then I always tuck them. I I always tuck them in and pray with them. And yeah. it's a very quick prayer, but I oh. feel like I feel like those are the, the, the two times. And actually, last night we 
went out to dinner with some friends and got home very late. And Kylie was like crying, I can't go to sleep without you. I'm like, I've created a monster. <laughs> I've created a monster. But I'm really glad that, you know what? I, the reality is I'm not doing like a, a super great Bible study with my girls. You know, I'm not like, we're not breaking down going through Galatians, you know, stuff like that. But there that would take weeks. But I... <laughs> Just kidding. Mark, I'm so sassy today. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I but they are getting God's word every day with me, yeah. just mm. in a very small way. Yeah. And I am hoping that that small habit will lead to a greater produce later on in their lives. Yeah. I think I think those those small habits biblically I think this is why it's so important because then Paul gets to the tangible practical side of yeah. the verse where he talks about don't grow weary. The reason why you he has to say don't grow weary is because it takes effort. Yeah. Because you do get tired. You do. And, yeah, and it's physical action. It's physical action. It's not just emotional, but it's also that there's a stickiness to it. There is a the grit side mm. of Angela Duckworth when she talks about, you know, grit is that it's committing to something even when it doesn't feel good. It's yeah. not about talent. You don't have to have talent to have grit. Yep. Um, Often you don't. That's what <laughs> no, that's what, actually, yeah, it's... It's the lack, and not the lack of talent, but it's like, no, this wasn't produced out of talent. This was produced out of effort. What I lack in talent for ministry, oh, trust me, I make up in grit. Dallas Willard, um, he died a few years ago, but really well known for spiritual formation, said God is opposed to earning, not effort. And and there is something to be said about those those habits that we do. Uh, A dear friend of mine who is a, he's an Anglican priest, was an Episcopal priest. Uh, when I was out, I did some discipleship teaching for his church several years ago. And we were driving in the car, and he sat and recited the confession with his children, which is like 15 minutes long. Oh, wow. And they said it with him, verse by verse. And his, I mean, I was sitting there like, I'm a horrible parent. Like, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, we do this every day. And he Trap says, and he asked the questions from the angle, from the the uh, the book of confessions or whatever they call it, the daily prayers. And he literally, it was like 15 minutes and he'd ask the questions and they would repeat back to him word for word. I'm like, dude, I am. You go hard, bro. Yeah, so (laughs) hard. Do less, be blessed. (laughs) And and I think there is sometimes um, we mistake ritual. Rituals are not always bad. Sometimes rituals are about creating habits. But just like my view of church, where I thought I was holier than other people because I went to church five times a week. (laughs) our rituals can move into unhealthy habits. And that's the problem with good things like working out. Working out is a holy habit if you're doing it because you want to honor the Lord with your body. It's an unhealthy habit when you become vain and conceited or you end up with some nervosa disorder because, you know, you've got body dysmorphia. Um, And I think that's the danger is the habits that the Holy Spirit, he doesn't tell us what the sacred habits are. He tells us what the fruit of those habits are. And so something something can be good for a while and then can turn sour pretty quickly if our motivation is not about the spirit, it's the flesh. Yeah. Um, the, this last uh, two weeks, and I don't, I'm not, first of all, I don't know his name, but a uh, ma- major pastor, megachurch pastor in Tennessee, I think it is, uh, was found out having an affair. Some people came to his house, knocked on the door, and he happened to be in his boxers with a box of pizza with his assistant. Oh, and he came up with some good excuse for it and said something, but he, he was removed from ministry for a, a period of self-reflection, six weeks. <laughs> this is happening all over the place where we're seeing weeks. pastors. And I, I think one of the dangers is, particularly for people in ministry, I think everybody deals with it, but we're so quick to put people up front 
because they're gifted and we put competency over character. Yeah. And, and I see this happening right now. It's happening almost like an epidemic within the church. Pastors who some of the most gifted communicators, preachers and teachers of the word, but they're not letting the word penetrate their heart. Mm. They sowed more into their competency than their character with Christ. Yeah. And this is why from a staff perspective, and, and I've invited every staff, if I ever lead sideways, call me on it. I've invited Derek and Megan as, as my executive team. Hey, if there are things that you see in my life, you need to call me on it. Don't let me get away with it. Yeah. And it's such a, it's such a, a, a deceptive and easy trap to fall into as a church because we can see all this great fruit. Oh, the yeah. ministry's growing. Um, Bill Hybels. Yeah. Part of the reason why apparently when the first allegations came out with him, I think they were four or five years ago, two years before anything was known, and the elders actually went to the women accusing him and said, do you really want to blow up the church? You should really just ignore mm. what was done to you. Think about all the good. You're going to undo all the good we did. Mm. What? Like it's, it's a problem in the church because they're not sowing into the spirit. It's selfish ambition when your media platform is that false deception of you look great on the media, but your character in Christ is yeah. full of maggots and, and yeah. It's it's a, such a problem, and I think here's why I got here's where I was getting to this is that ultimately you'll know it by its fruit, but that's why we need community. We have to have that community around us that we invite people in, because I can look really good on the stage. Yeah, and I think it's also, and I'll say this with you guys, Sean, you're new here, but you're becoming part of the culture. Are you new here? Yes, yeah, sometimes. You're newish. You're newish now. <laughs> you're no longer. We're past the honeymoon period, buddy. You've been here for five months. But I think. I'm going to poke you in your finger. <laughs> one of the things that I'm proud of of our staff over the last year is we're really trying to create a staff where we can have that authentic conversations where we don't let things just slide. And sometimes that can be hard. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, we were talking about the summer read through. You actually, sometimes you will spend more time with the people you work with than you will your own family. Yeah. You guys probably know me better on a daily basis, which is also why. Your daily habits, we see. Yeah, absolutely. More and, than and your wife would. That's right. Well, and I mean, she sees more. more than, but you know what I mean. She sees, maybe more than your mom. That's, that's yeah. right. Or people no. in the church, which but. is why, even why we're supposed to have councils and elders in churches, like, because the average person watching a pastor or a leader on Sunday has no clue what they're like throughout the week. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it's it's but this applies not just in pastors, it applies everywhere. Yeah. Um, whether you're a small business owner or you're the only employee, I mean, those habits matter. Um, what did you guys when we talked about that the Holy Spirit works through the natural, through the everyday things? Okay, so let's just talk. I mean, we we always know read your Bible, we need to pray, we need to go to church. Those are good habits to create, right? Um, be, in a, be in community. Be in community. <laughs> Right? I just want to make sure you didn't leave that one out. Thank you. Yeah. No, those are all great <laughs> habits to do. We should be doing those. Why do you think it's so easy to want to over-spiritualize some habits over the daily habits of loving my wife well? Mm. Yeah. I like that earlier you had said something about um, that love is more than just a feeling. You know, like faith, You in, in your message, you referenced James and faith is more than just um, a, belief. a belief. It's it's faith without deeds is dead. And this idea of like 
I think sometimes we can get very self-centered about our faith and very self-centered about like, oh, I'm self-aware. I got this shadow self that I'm doing. I'm working on me. And, you know, I know that I'm an Enneagram too, which describes my personality and behavior and why I act this way. And now I've got, oh, the spiritual gift of prophecy and I do children's ministry and it's me, 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 me. And I think sometimes that we spiritualize certain things because it affects us personally. We take it so personally. But I I think that it's important to remember that these gifts that are given to us by the Spirit are for others. They're not for us. So like when I'm working on me and I figure out that I'm a two, well, how do I grow from that to help others? How do I stop bleeding all these wounds all over everyone so that I can help? When I do self-work and being self-aware is so that I can go out and gift others. Yeah. We love because we are loved first, you know? Well, that's I think that brought us to that fifth uh, kind of the yeah. principle of the habit is when we sow into others, we are sowing into ourselves. Yes. And I think that's why Paul says, do good to others, but especially to those in the church. And it's so funny is I'll meet people in our church that they want to consume church. They volunteer at things that aren't in their church. But when it comes to the church, they just want to consume. Yeah. And I think there's a reason why Paul gave that challenge. I think there's a human nature side of us that thinks that the purpose of church is for me to receive. Yeah. And when in reality, what, what Paul just challenged us in Galatians 6 is, we're supposed to do good to people outside of the church, but to those within the family, to the church itself, that's where the fruit first should be seen. And, and the illustration that I've used for years is, you know, if I'm feeding my neighbors, but my kids are starving. Yeah. What does that say of you as a dad? As yeah, a I'm, I'm sacrificing. And this is our family. Our family, our church is your family. That's why church hopping is such a dangerous thing. Um, if this is your family, you get connected well, even, even talking about small groups, like we're at a large enough church. We're not a mega church. For our area, we're a mega church, but we're a large enough church that there are people in, in our community who I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And if they were in a small group, like I hear this regularly, well, I was sick and so pastor so-and-so didn't come and see me. I didn't know you were sick. Well, I go to your church. Yeah, I see you like once every five weeks. Hmm. You're not really in my ethos. You're not, you're not in my pathos. You're not in my view. I don't see you. On a daily basis, I don't. See, I see you for an hour, maybe, on a Sunday. But if you were in a small group, yeah, and something happened, mm-hmm. your small group should really be the one ministering. And yet, what we do is we put all the pressure on staff. And go well. That's your job is to you're shepherding me. Well, first of all, we're too large of a church to do that well. Mm. But if you were in a small group, if you actually had a need, your small group would be the ones who go, "Hey, I've noticed that." Um. All right. Yeah. Final question, and then then we're going to be done. Um. Oh, actually, you were asking the question of just like those small seeds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I just Thank you for that. reminding me. Um, I think it gives so much value to individual lives. Mm. Like a, a stay-at-home mom. No, you changing baby's diapers. That's spiritual. And, and picking up their toys and making sure their binky is cleaned. That's spiritual. Yeah. It matters. And all of those, I think there's lots of things like that that are like, no, the faithfulness in those small things, the things that are easy to complain about, things that are easy to put aside, the things that aren't glamorous, like there is something to be said about that. Yeah. I, I, I often make lunch for my wife and I. So I'll get home, go home about 20 minutes early, make us lunch. That's a spiritual act. That is sowing into something, but I'm doing it because I want to love my wife. But also I believe there is a sowing of the spirit. 
I think that pleases the Lord. Yeah. And I think those those daily things that we take for granted are important. I, I have a habit. I tell my kids I love them every day. My kids will never question whether or not they were loved. They'll never have to wonder, did daddy love me? And not just because I say it, because we show it. Um, and I think that, you know, again, those are small. We're, I may not see the fruit of that until hopefully my daughter brings home that first boyfriend. And if he looks more like me than somebody else, it means I've done a good job. Because that's, that's really the goal is I want, I want my daughter to see me as such a loving presence in her life, someone who loves Jesus and loves her. That when she finds a guy that she loves, that he's a reflection of that and maybe even better than I was. Mm. Um, it's those small seeds that you may not see uh, ever. Um, well, here, here's the thing. You know, we've been talking about spirit-filled life, and I think we often miss the fact that being filled with the Spirit actually starts with our habits. It's not just a simple prayer, because you can pray and then move on and then forget the rest of your day that the Lord's involved. It's choosing things that come from the fruit of the Spirit. So if you want joy, sow things that bring godly joy. If you want love, sow things that, that you know, find habits that create love, if, you know, on and on the list goes. And so here's the challenge that I would give to those who are listening right now. First of all, thank you for listening. We really do appreciate it. And we're continuing to get good feedback from people, uh, people saying they're enjoying this. Um, but the, the challenge that I would give is, is that you only are you only sow with the habits that you do that please the spirit and that means you have to know the spirit you have to actually know what the spirit what pleases the spirit in order to do it i can't please somebody i don't have a relationship with and so the first habit you need to create is developing a relationship with the spirit (laughs) which comes through prayer and listening and reading scripture and being in community Well, hey, as always, guys, I so appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, This has been the Breakthrough Breakdown. I'm Jason. I love you, Bob Goff. Sean. Nope, that's not my name. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for saying my name, though, Jennifer. (laughs) I got you. (laughs) I just leave it awkward moments. That was so funny. That was so funny. I I was thinking in my head, she didn't say her name. But you just said, I identified myself as her. Okay, now I didn't tell you, I was going to say this before. I really like those glasses. I I keep saying that to her as well. They are really really good. They look cool looking. They do. They look great on you. I appreciate it. I have glasses that I don't ever wear. I need to wear them, but they make me dizzy. They make me super dizzy. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Have an amazing day, and uh, uh, go Chiefs. Thank you for listening to the Breakthrough Breakdown, a Zion podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, and check out the Zion app. Share this episode with your friends so they can tune in as well. We'll be back next Wednesday with another installment of the Breakthrough Breakdown.